You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. I think it's an opportunity for us, myself, uh, all the coaches, uh, people at the university, our fans, uh, to actually show um, the appreciation that we all have for, you know, the sacrifices and the investment that these guys have made, you know, in the program for the last four years, sometimes five. And, um, you know, some of them get a lot of positive accolades uh, because they play. And they get a lot of positive self-gratification for the positive performance. But there's a lot of them who, you know, are kind of unsung heroes in terms of, you know, they work hard every week and they play their games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to help the other guys get prepared for the game and don't get a whole lot of recognition. So uh, it is a great opportunity for those guys to get some positive self-gratification for all their efforts. There you have it, Nick Saban from yesterday's news conference. It's Alabama Auburn Week, my friends. Welcome into the program, Lars. What's up? Everything's going well. Had uh, had my kids over last night, and I finally realized why I went on this suicide mission of having children at such a late age in life. It's to put them to work to rake leaves. <laughs> I had them all oh, out there. Yeah. I had a whole crew out in my yard, and uh, and we. Uh, How'd they do? They did a good job. They did a good job, and so they're uh, raking up. They're yeah, and they they raked up some money too. I I gave them each uh, a ten spot, and they just thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And I they, we were out there working for about two hours. Uh, they ain't got any time this afternoon. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's welcome in Christian Miller. Christian, how are you? Doing Life well. good. Your dad's coming up. That's right. Yeah, he'll, uh, he'll be on here shortly, and uh, he's looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, we are too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, you might be surprised some of the questions he gets. No, <laughs> then again, you know Lars and I. You won't be. <laughs> yeah, no. I, uh, hey I guys, think did good. your did your like social media, Twitter, and everything just blow up about? I can't remember what time I got the first about Kiffin and this. Uh, Yes. John Sokoloff out of WCBI in Columbus. Yeah, it was uh, it was an odd tweet that he put out, um, and I need to. I don't know if you have it right, I have in front it right of here, you, Matt. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it set the the social media world abuzz. Uh, he basically said that. Uh, Lane, here it is. You want uh, to read it? Go ahead. Point. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Head coach Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Rebels head coach Friday and head to Auburn to become the Tigers' next head coach, according to sources. Sources say the Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone yet, so Lane to Auburn is happening story soon. 
well, story's it was, there. It, it was such a, but it was such an odd thing because it, uh, he says that Lane's going to Auburn, and then he says that he hasn't been offered the job. So is Weird. Lane actually going to take? And then Lane retweeted it, telling him he needed to check his sources. And uh, the thing is, Lane may have been referring to the second aspect of that tweet, not the first aspect. The second aspect is the that he hasn't been offered the job. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and Lane, it was just like the ultimate troll job. And uh, and boy. Uh, that 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 uh, he's a, a television reporter, right? Uh, yes, WCBI in Columbus. Yes, so uh, that that poor guy just uh, he, he. I hope he turned off the the Twitter machine last night because he was getting it uh, from everyone around the country, and um, and and look, I I I have never claimed to be a breaking news person. But I, I have so many sources in the Nebraska Athletic Department, um, and uh, everybody's telling me it's Mickey Joseph, Mickey Joseph. And so I, I, I put that out there yesterday, and, man, I've been called uh, oh. uh, just horrible, horrible things. Uh, and, uh, I mean, what I'm hearing at Nebraska, he's going to put together a great staff. Uh, Vance Joseph, uh, the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, um, is uh, going is his brother – going to be the D coordinator and potential offensive coordinator will be Eric Bieniemy, uh the OC at the Kansas City Chiefs. And the thing, why would Bieniemy leave the Chiefs? It's because he doesn't call the plays. Why hasn't Bieniemy gotten a head coaching job? I think it's because he hasn't been calling the plays. If, if he did go to Nebraska, if that did happen, he obviously would be in charge of the offense and calling the plays. But enough about Nebraska. Um, Christian, sure, I, I, Christian. I, I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Christian, I, I know that uh, you're, you're on social media. You have a big following. Um, I, did you follow this last night? And do you give much credence to it? Yeah, I saw it last night, and uh, you know, quite frankly, Lane appeared to kind of make fun with it. He, uh, he honestly returned fire back at the reporter himself, and. Uh, shared some, I guess, fake news about him and his role with his job. Um, so I guess that's something maybe to keep an eye on. But at this point, um, it doesn't seem to have too much going for it, um, at least after seeing what Lane's response was, um, which was a flurry of things. But, yeah, I guess I guess we'll have to see. I mean, I, I still think there's a great possibility that he ends up um, being the head coach at Auburn. But as of now, um, I, I guess we just have to pump the brakes on it a little bit. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure why that reporter went ahead and put that out there. Maybe it was just a gamble. You know, if he is right, you know, he's going to get a lot of credit and attention. But um, if he's wrong, I guess he can just say he was hacked or <laughs> was playing around. Who knows? But definitely was an interesting uh, situation last night. I, and I, I will say this too, Matt, that um, there really is no such thing as bad PR. And even if this guy is wrong, everybody will forget by Monday. Yeah, and, right. and you know how many Twitter followers? You know how many Twitter followers yes. he's picked up? I mean, thousands, <laughs> tripled, thousands, tripled what he had. Yeah, that's and, right. And now, when you are in in media, and you are applying for a job, one of the first things that uh, editors and and whoever uh, news directors will do, 
they'll look at how big your social media following sure. is. They'll go to your Twitter page and see how many followers uh, you have. And it's a big deal. And it's hard to grow followers. I love Kiffin's response on social media. This just in breaking news. John Sokoloff of WCBI News in Starkville, Mississippi, plans to step down as lead anchor and head to WLOX to become their new lead anchor. Sources say WLOX has not offered the job to anyone, so joined to WLOX is happening. Story soon. That's funny. I mean, you know, Christian, Lane in, in person... And this is just my experience over many years of, of, of sort of interacting with him. In person, he's, he's pretty dry and, and, and straightforward. But um, in, on social media, he is like this superstar who's as clever as anyone on, on Twitter. Have you noticed that sort of dichotomy about Lane? Yeah, you know, he definitely, you know, in person, he really is comical. You know, he has a great sense of humor, and uh, it's definitely, you know, interesting um, in a sense where, you know, he's kind of reserved, but he kind of throws in some random kind of uh, jokes here and there or, or some comical things. But, yeah, no, it honestly, makes, it makes a lot of sense. You know, when I read his tweets, I can almost imagine him saying or doing these things because that's kind of his personality, at least from what I've got to uh, know about him from my years being with him. I just wonder... If it's smart. No, I don't wonder because personally, I think it's dumb for him to have trolled this guy. I don't think that Lane Kiffin can win here on social media. Okay, so. It's a bad look in my opinion. Okay, so is it more likely now or less likely based on the events of last night, Christian, that Lane Kiffin (laughs) is going to be the next head coach at Auburn? Well, here's my thought process on this. If he does go on to be the head coach at Auburn, these tweets are going to make him look pretty weird for you know denying it so heavily and turning it into this uh big um big deal last night and making so much fun of it as if it was uh, they had no base to it and and, and he has absolutely no clue why the guy would say that so it would be very strange if he does go on to be the head coach at auburn at this point um based off his initial response last night um i don't think that means he can't go on to be the head coach but right now i feel like if we do hear this news two or three days later even next week it would just make him look very silly um, and very, very strange for, <laughs> for denying it so heavily. You know, at, to to that extent, to go on with the, you know, trolling back at the guy, and, and I, I don't know. So maybe, maybe he's not going to be the next head coach. Honestly, from from what we're hearing, I mean, no one really knows, and no one truly knows anything. So I, I guess we're just going to have to sit patiently, even though we want to hear as much as we can as fast as possible. But unfortunately, I guess we're just going to have to keep on waiting. Right to, I'm going to cut to the chase here with a quick question as we uh, get ready to go to break. Christian and then Lars, if you were Lane Kiffin's PR guy, would you have allowed the troll to have happened last night? First, Christian. Honestly, at this point, I, I think people know what to expect with Lane. If you've been following him for a little while now, he likes to have fun on Twitter. Um, he's pretty known to, to tweet some pretty hilarious things, honestly. So I don't think... I think his PR team honestly probably wasn't surprised. They probably expected him to return fire and and uh, make some fun out of it. So I, I feel like they were probably expecting that. I, I don't think at this point it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, it's just Lane being Lane on social media. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I think your earlier point is so well taken that if Lane does end up taking the job at Auburn, 
uh, we'll look back on this and kind of figure, kind of scratching our head, like, why, Lane, why are you vociferously denying this and making fun of this reporter when three days later you take the job? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, it, to me it tells me that Lane Kiffin may not be the next head coach at Auburn. It does lean that way. And uh, now does that bring Deion Sanders back into the mix? I just got off the phone with a, a writer who has just got off the phone with Deion Sanders for uh, a, a project. And uh, if I, I think I think I think there's a I think he could still be in the mix. I really do. Oh, I, d- I don't know. All right. Uh, I have another question for both of you on the other side of this concerning last night's uh, Twitter and Lane Kiffin's follow-up. So we'll get to that. And, of course, we're going to talk about the game today, I, I promise you. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Ask Big. Have you seen our artisan-created diamonds? If you've been in a room with one, you can't miss it. Tom Osmond from Fincher and Osmond. Tonight, mostly fair with the low at 37. And tomorrow, the warming trend continues. The sky partially sunny, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on the show with Lars and Christian and Matt. Josh, thank you. And appreciate the guys back at uh, Tide 100.9, our flagship station in Tuscaloosa. It's Joe and Jonathan and Hardy and probably uh, several more in the cast of characters. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Christian Miller's dad, Corey Miller, uh, 10-year NFL player, is uh, going to be joining us. And then uh, a little after 1 o'clock, Lindsey Hall, from WTOK in Meridian will give us uh, his take and his thoughts and what's going on just uh, on the other side of Tuscaloosa in Mississippi. In the meantime, I'm wondering, guys, what is Auburn thinking right now, Lars? Well, I'm sure the athletic director knows, I, I believe, who the next head coach is going to be. And um, I think it could be announced uh, as soon as the Iron Bowl is over on Saturday. Um, probably you're not going to make that announcement at Bryant-Denny Stadium after you lose by three touchdowns, but uh, <laughs> it could could happen perhaps on Saturday or on Sunday, uh, a Sunday morning announcement. Um, and uh, you know, if it is Lane, uh, they would probably just let him coach at Ole Miss. Uh, through I, I actually I don't know because of uh, the new the trans the kids are going to be going into the transfer portal like crazy. There is going to be a flood, especially at Alabama. There's going to be a flood of guys going into the transfer portal. I mean, I, I think at least fifteen, maybe more, uh, just to see uh, kind of what's out there. And not only that, just do a little fishing to see, is there NL, NIL money out there? And can I get a better deal somewhere else, more playing time somewhere else than I'm getting at Alabama? And this is going to go on all over the country. 
I, I think there's going to be more mass movement in the transfer portal, which is essentially now free agency, than we've ever seen before. But uh, I think if you're Auburn and uh, you know that Lane's your guy, you're just kind of laughing at it right now. Uh, but, uh, again, this Lane is almost doubling down, Christian, on, on these denials. But he's not – he's denying – that the report he's denying the reports yeah that it's a done deal he's mm-hmm. not de- necessarily denying the facts in the report so um yeah so you know there, there's a million ways that that coaches can kind of speak out of both sides of their mouth you know like right. oh nobody's ever contacted me i don't know anything and you, and you know everybody knows that well they've been having discussions with the agent and the agent is acting as the intermediary between the coach and the team but uh yeah i mean it, it, again what 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 do you think people at auburn are 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 uh, are feeling this morning well you know Lars i think you just said it perfect and i was going to add on to that um you know, this wouldn't be the first time a coach has gone in the media, gone to a press conference and denied, you know, um, reports of, you know, him leaving for another uh, coaching position or another job and then ultimately going and taking that job. Um, so it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for that situation to occur. Plus, you know, it's like you mentioned um, about maybe agents are in, in, in talks right now. Maybe Lane himself isn't. So he's kind of telling like that half truth, half truth. You know, nothing's really set in stone. Um so it could be one of those situations. But in regards to, you know, when they would announce it, I, I'd imagine they definitely would want to wait to announce it after the game. You know, right now those players at Auburn are excited. They're playing with a lot of energy and passion, rallying around Cadillac Williams. And I think the last thing you want to do is almost drop the ball on them before a big game in the Iron Bowl and let them know, oh, hey, this is going to be the guy instead. I think they want those guys focused on the Iron Bowl right now and um, see if they can kind of carry this momentum that they've had in the last couple of games into, into this weekend in the Iron Bowl. This John Sokoloff from WCBI and Columbus slash Startville said that the, the announcement was due on Friday. That's bad timing, guys. I mean, if you're going to do it, you do yeah. Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not going to drop that bomb on Auburn as they're getting ready to play their their largest rival. Well, do you guys find it odd that ever since Lane's name has really become associated with the Auburn job and it's really heated up that Ole Miss has lost two in a row. Uh, they, they lost a tough one to Alabama, 34-20, and then just laid an egg uh, in the first half against Arkansas and then ended up losing 42-27. Christian, uh, and this goes to your point that you were making uh, just a second ago about the players – and, uh, and and how players respond to these reports. Because you know the players are reading everything that we're reading, and it seems like Ole Miss, especially uh, last Saturday at Arkansas, just was not playing with the same passion that we have seen out of the players all season long. Yeah, and I think it could be one of two things. It definitely could be that. You know, maybe their focus is on, hey, is this guy going to still be with us next season? You know, what's the game plan moving forward? But I think it also could be, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but for whatever reason, when a team plays Alabama and they have high hopes and they ultimately go on to lose that game, for whatever reason, it almost is like a demoralizing loss where it just seems that their season up to the point is to, hey, we want to beat Alabama. Then when that doesn't happen, they almost just 
you know, lay an egg and they just for the rest of the season just kind of just they don't look the same. I mean, we saw it, I mean, against Florida State several years back when uh, that the game I got injured, I think it was in 2017. Um, we see it, you know, year in and year out when, you know, there's a lot of hype around like the LSUs, the Auburns and whoever it is, and they play us. And then after that game, the rest of the season, they just they, they don't look the same anymore. So I think that definitely could be a possibility as well. I think and that's I would been say, going on for a long time. And you want a perfect example? Texas A&M. That's right. Yeah, and I would say that the, the game that Christian just referenced against Florida State season opener five years ago, Florida State hasn't been the same since. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I, they, they really it wrecked their season. It wrecked their program. Well, it, it did because they're, they're, remember their quarterback went down with a knee injury, and uh, it, it just – it set their season sort of off the rails, and uh, and and Florida State is still trying to get back to where they were at that time, which I believe was the number two ranked team in the country. It was one versus two, if I'm if I remember correctly. But yeah, you're right. Alabama has that impact on uh, so many teams, and um, and, and, and Christian, I did want to ask you this. Uh, it's sort of on the same vein. I have witnessed, and I'm sure you have experienced it, that it's almost as if Alabama wins the game before the game even starts. When the other team looks across the field and just realizes how freaking big and athletic and and just uh, how many freaks of nature are on the Alabama team. And I, I've seen it. Seen the other teams just sort of crumble uh, I mean, I, I've, I think I've written it's like the axis of the earth tilts toward the Alabama sideline because the guys are so big. And it's just like and, and, and it's almost it's not that you see fear in the other guys in the other players, but you see the other players on, on the other team watching the Alabama guys warm up and just sort of almost with an in awe look. I don't know. Did you ever experience that or notice that when you were playing? And does that still exist today this season oh 100 that's exactly what i think coach saban that's a perfect example of what coach saban wants to reestablish in the program that's what he's been talking about in the media in terms of reestablishing that culture of hey we want teams to not ever want to play alabama again and that was one thing we we really emphasized when i was there is just going going out there each and every week and really just setting setting the tone and uh playing to that standard that you know we're alabama we have that that confidence in us that you know we work harder than everybody else with the biggest strongest fastest most most athletic most disciplined team there is you know and if you ask people you know when they played us in those years and even before when they uh when alabama was having so much success it pretty much is one of those things that we just stood out so much from the rest because of our discipline and just how tough and physical we were. You know, we really just lined up against other people and just really imposed our will on them. And, and we just made people quit. And we emphasized finishing in the fourth quarter. And and uh, I think that's a, a great example of, of, of what we're trying to reestablish here. Um, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of people have been critical of this season. But ultimately, I think that's what Coach Saban has been referring to when he's saying he wants to, you know, reestablish that culture um, uh, throughout the program. You want to talk to your dad? Sure. You want to call your dad up and see what's happening with him? Yeah, we definitely need to. He's got a lot to say. I can't (laughs) wait. Uh, I stayed stayed up all night writing questions down, Christian. Oh, he's he's ready for him. Trust me. I was out on, you know, my patio. I was out there, and I was just kind of hanging around. Karen went, what are you doing? I said, thinking of some questions for Christian Miller's dad in the morning. (laughs) I really was. 
This ought to be incredibly fun. Christian's dad played in the NFL. We just mentioned uh, mostly for the Giants. What, eight years, nine years? Is that yeah. right, Christian? Eight years with the New York Giants, one year with the Minnesota Vikings, and he just recently was inducted in the South Carolina Hall of Fame. Rock and roll. Okay, here's a million-dollar question. Do you want to introduce him? Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll talk about that and a lot of other. And Corey Miller, I, I, you probably know him better than we do, certainly. All right, uh, the show continues. Uh, Corey Miller is our guest next. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. This week, hurry to get incredible Black Friday deals at Target. Save on the hottest gifts to get ahead this holiday, like the latest tech and electronics. The That. I mean, that's just cool in its own right. Even, you know, the bonus is that he's Christian Miller's dad. Christian, do you fear when you hear that? Oh, dad's on the phone. <laughs> you go ahead and bring him on. Yeah, I'll do a quick little intro for him. Here we have none other than uh, my father, Corey Miller, nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and Minnesota Vikings, recent South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame inductee. The pride and joy of Paige in South Carolina. Corey, a.k.a. Pops, how's it going? Wow, that's pretty good, that's man. Cool. What's up, buddy? That sounds good. You must have been around some people that uh, does the radio and TV before because that's excellent. Man. Excellent introduction. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm trying. You know, I still um, still remember back to this is a quick little story. Um, when I was in middle school, my dad, when he had finished playing, you know, he had been doing his ministry stuff, but he also was doing radio and broadcasting, and I remember – um, back in about the seventh grade, my dad used to pick me up early from school. I used to get that call to uh, leave school early because my dad was picking me up and we were going to drive up to Charlotte to do his radio show where he actually, you know, covered sports as well as the Carolina Panthers. So a little bit of a full circle moment now because I ended up getting drafted by the Carolina Panthers. And, and now I'm ultimately doing some radio stuff and uh, interviewing my dad. And, and this is where, I, you know, I first got to be around radio with him in the radio station and in Charlotte. So a uh, pretty cool moment right here. Yeah, that was. Uh, I love gosh. that. Yeah, seemed like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that so much because I I bring my uh, seven year old son Lincoln into the studio as frequently as I can, and and I'll go pick him up early from school, and he just loves it, absolutely loves it, and I've even brought in my my twin girls uh, uh, who are five uh, in as well, and it, it becomes a bit of a. Chaos. It's a rowdy studio. It, yeah, it, it it fills it with life. But uh, but 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 Corey, um, t- take us back to when Christian was young, and um, when did you realize that he had a chance to be a special, not just a football player, but a special athlete? Yeah, again, thanks guys for having me. It's uh, you know Christian was was always athletic and and. Uh, you know, kind of long rangey kid that, you know, daredevil, if you will. You know, he's, you know, I remember he, 
You know, he's always turning flips and cartwheels and jumping things on the skateboard. And, uh, you know, he was always doing these different things that was just like unbelievable. You know, he just didn't even hesitate. He could just, you know, do a backflip. And I remember, you know, when he was going to even uh, his older brother CJ's games and had uh, been left to school here in Columbia and, and Christian would be entertaining everybody else. There's this kid running and flipping and doing all this stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, you knew he had the athleticism. He was blessed uh, with the ability to do a lot of different things. And, you know, he fell in love with soccer, and he, he always did that. And and I put him out on the football field real early. Uh, I think he's five or six, and he was playing with his, again, his older brother, who's three years older, his team. And I always tell the story when we're doing tackling drills and uh, this one little running back kid, obviously bigger and uh, kind of truck Christian, and, and I was like, oh, God, I shouldn't have done that one. But um, And he was like, let me do it again, Dad. Let me do it again, Dad. So I put him I put him back in there, and I said, son, what are you supposed to do when you tackle someone that's bigger than you? And he said, we talk, hit them low, take their legs out. They can't run without those legs. And um, he went back in there and shot and, and hit the guy. And did, so I was like, he's got it. He got what it takes mentally, the toughness. He's an athlete. And then as he grew up through middle school, he played some quarterback. He just, whatever he did, he was successful at it. And, and I knew he was going to be a very, very good football player. He applied himself. And, and of course, the rest is history. But, yeah, he's uh, he really was a great, great uh, athlete. Uh, C.J. Motorson was a great athlete. But Christian just had that moxie, that toughness, what it took to play football and became a great football player. Corey Miller is our guest here on Big Noon Sports. He, of course, is a longtime NFL player and the father of one of our hosts here uh, in Christian Miller. Uh, I want to tell you something, and I'm not trying to patronize anybody. It's just the facts, and I have a little bit of knowledge here because I've been in the business for almost 50 years now. Your son is what we used to call in the old radio business. He's got a bullet. You know, when you're moving up the charts – he is so good on air already. He's polished. I thought you were going to say prodigy. Uh, no, because that would be an insult <laughs> to him. Uh, but uh, he's also so polite and respectful. It's just he's an amazing young man. You should be very proud. All right. That being said, what did he really screw up, do wrong that you had as a child? Did he ever like throw dirt clods at the Christmas tree, or uh, just <laughs> is there anything that sticks out in your mind? Went well, oh, Christian, you better come here. <laughs> you know, he, he, not really. I mean, he was he was always a solid young man. Now, now his brother, on the other hand, was always the mischievous one. You know, like <laughs> in July, you know, shooting fireworks and setting the tree on fire, stuff like that. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he was he was really you know always a solid uh, solid young man, solid kid, and uh, you know was always good in school. Uh, teachers always you know, have something great to say about him. Matter of fact, I just saw running to one of his old teachers, uh, you know, a few, few months ago, and she was just talking, oh, I talked to Christian, how great a kid he was. And, and uh, you know, his mother, Lisa, has done it, what really was an outstanding mom and, you know, raising him and, and just doing some, some just really great job as a mother. So he's always been that. I mean, you know, so I'm not shocked when people say that. I'm thankful and blessed, obviously, to have, you know, two wonderful kids. and uh, But uh, getting a lot of credit. Uh, goes to his mom, who really done an outstanding job, and and he's always be smart. He became a businessman at an early age. You know, he just called me, Dad. Can you take me? I, I bought a moped. You know, I'm like a moped. You know, so he had the moped <laughs> two weeks, and then he'll sell it. And Dad, I sold it. You know, I, I made three or four hundred bucks, and he'll buy some back when Craigslist was hot, buy something else. And I mean, so 
uh, he was a businessman at an early age. His grandfather was a big-time corporate guy at, at Kodak, so I think that inspired him. And, uh, he's always worked hard, so, you know, all the success that, that he, he's had and what he's doing now, uh, you know, I'm probably mostly surprised at the, the, the media side of things because, um, you know, Christian, kind of like me, too, was kind of shy, a little bit introverted, you know, wasn't really outspoken. Um but you knew he was smart, and he spoke, spoke well. He, he had all of that, but but uh, the fact that how he just picked this radio thing up and TV thing up, and how well he's doing, I listen to you guys' show all the time, and what he's doing on the sidelines for Alabama, just just very impressive. But but again, it goes back to the detailed work ethic and and the ability to want to be successful. The discipline he was just talking about with with Alabama and Nick Saban, all that stuff, I think has helped him become who he is today. You know, I, I love that y'all are giving me so much praise right now, but I want to switch over to sports a little bit. <laughs> uh, um, quick question. So what, what have you seen so far out of Alabama? And I know you've watched them, you know, throughout the years with me being there, and you still keep up with them to this day. You know, you're a big Alabama fan. Obviously, you know, you're a big Gamecocks fan at heart, but you, you do keep up with the Crimson Tide a lot. What have you seen this season from them um, with your eyes and in your perspective, and, and what do you think – um, needs to, to move forward with uh, this team to kind of get back at that level of play that we're used to seeing? You know, I think you hit the spot, the nail on the head, and it's spot on with it because what I've seen while you was there and, and getting to know all those coaches and, and families and being around the program, you know, that, that the discipline that I hear Nick Saban talking about, you know, uh, the toughness. You, uh, I think one of you get your co-host was saying about that, that Alabama, you know, the, the jersey, the A, if you will, when they when they they show up, it makes people nervous because they had a standard and a way that they were going to play. You know, that the fourth quarter program, how they, they really, you know, wanted to win fourth quarters and they want people to quit. Well, when, when I watch, and I've watched every single game, I, I, I just don't see that toughness anymore. I don't see that physicality in, anymore. I don't see it even from the defensive linemen and the linebackers, the guys that were run and hit and had, you know, had a passion and a moxie about them. Uh, it almost looked like they were uh, questioning themselves. You know, and I watched the, the Tennessee game and the LSU game, and I'm like, where is that? You know, we, you know, we're used to coming into your backyard and still in your heart. And I remember going down to LSU, Christian, when you, when you were there. I forget what year it was, and you know, Jalen. I think the fourth quarter it was a close game, and it was a defensive struggle. And but the fourth quarter, Jalen, you know, took over that ball game. And, and we won it. But it was like a toughness and a physicality that, that the 60 minutes or whatever it took to, to win. I, I think they're missing that. And I think it's not just Alabama. I think it's a college football thing. I think it's NIL. I think it's, you know, the transfer portal. I think guys have lost the passion. You know, guys came to Alabama or a lot of these programs, they're hungry, thirsty, wanting to be successful, wanting to get to the league, wanting to be disciplined. Hey, coach. Hey, former players, tell me what I need to do to get to this, you know, success. You don't have that now because people are handing out money. People are handing out checks. I think it, it takes away the toughness. I think it takes away the discipline and desire uh, to, to go out there and compete at a high level. And I think they have some guys that, that are missing that. You don't have the leadership. I don't see somebody on the sideline when, when they're struggling and giving up, you know, pass plays to Tennessee, guys running wide open. Who's on that sideline defensively? yelling and screaming. Where's the Ryan Anderson that, that, that get into a guy's face the, the leadership? You know, the Christian Miller folks that are they're not going to just sit back and, and say, this is okay, because this isn't the Alabama standard. 
and that's that's the problem. And, and, and so I think Coach Saban is having a hard time of getting guys to really get to that level because, uh, you know, quite frankly, it's just, it's the money. It's the it's the system where where we are in college athletics, and uh, and I think Alabama is missing that. It's not it's not talent. They recruited at a high level that hasn't gone down. They got crazy talent, but to me, if you don't have the effort, if you don't have the discipline, seventeen penalties. Come on, guys, never heard of that with the Nick Saban team. So these types of things to me is missing from the program right now that, that, that you said, Christian, earlier, that they're trying to get back. And, and um, you know, how do you get that back? I don't know. But um, uh, I hope to see that again because, man, they were so dominant in the past. And I love that type of football, old school mentality, old school principles. You don't see that right now. That's some of the best analysis we've ever well, had you know, on this here, show. Here, here's the deal. Um, I'd like to think that we had a little influence on Christian Miller and, and his broadcasting career. No. It's obvious to me yeah. where he got it. Apple, I mean, that, apple not that far apple from tree. Roll, yeah. It didn't roll from the trunk. You're right. All right. Uh, Corey Miller will continue with us. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hi, it's Chris Stewart with exciting news from Townsend Honda. Pick out your new vehicle and make no payments until 2023. Drive to the game in your new Ford, Nissan, BMW, Chevrolet. Tonight, mostly fair with the low at 37. And tomorrow, the warming trend continues. The sky partially sunny, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports with Corey Miller is our special guest. Of course, you got the usual cast of characters in the studio, Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, uh, Corey. Uh, yes, sir. a question I always love to ask uh, NFL players. Um, and it's, it's open-ended. It's, it's two sides to this particular coin. Who, what quarterback was uh, the toughest as far as scrambling, getting down, and then um, was there one that you just seemed to own? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, you know, back in our days, and they're, they're kind of getting this mantra back in the NFC beast, right? We used to call it the NFC beast, and then for a while it went to the NFC least, you know, the New York Giants, Washington uh, Commanders now, and the Dallas Cowboys, and Philadelphia Eagles, and even back in the day we had the Arizona Cardinals, the Phoenix Cardinals, uh, in our conference, but you know, I look at Randall Cunningham, a guy that could move around with the football, could run uh, long, could jump over you, could throw it. Uh, you know, Steve Young with the 49ers, move around. Uh, you know, he could play uh, at a high, high level. That dual threat quarterback back in my days, a decade of the 90s. Um, I, I seem to have great games against the Redskins. I mean, it was like that one team that you know that when you play them, and we of course played them twice, been in our conference. A division, I should say, that I was going to play well against the Redskins. I was going to make whomever the quarterback was, their day was going to be miserable. Now, playing on the opposite side of Lawrence Taylor, uh, you know, for three years, uh, helped me out a great deal. Matter of fact, I was just with LT uh, about five weeks ago at Legends Weekend, the Giants, 
you know, I always thank you, man. I'm like, thank you, thank you for allowing me to, to get to where I am, one for helping me, and then, of course, getting to a big contract because people were concerned about number 56. You know what I mean? So they break the huddle and instead of saying where the mic is, Mike 52, Mike 55, they're going to LT right, LT left, and they left me with one-on-ones <laughs> a lot. So, uh, you know, I, as a result of that, I got a big-time contract, and LT was just laughing. He said, you know, man, it's something crazy. He's like, I'm, I might be the best outside linebacker to play this game, but you made more money than I ever made. <laughs> it, just, it was just the times, man. I just hit it right. I look at it now like if I was playing right cool. now, man, I'd be one of the 50, 60-million type dudes. But no, man, but the Redskins always seem to have uh, really good games hitting their quarterbacks. And uh, with Mark Rippin and those guys, man, we went at it really good. And, but, you know, any quarterback, man, even if I didn't get a sack, I wanted to make him pay. You know, we played back in the days where we had these little sissy rules, you know, and they tell you when you get back to the quarterback, just <laughs> – down really nice and tell them night night you know what i mean kiss them on the cheek no 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 we came out we're gonna hit you i don't care if you threw it coach would tell us hey hit it didn't matter that that's the time when i played man so we made it very hard and uncomfortable for quarterback okay i have two questions for you and they're completely separate so forgive me but i just uh, want to maximize our time here one do you have a favorite lawrence taylor story and then two, what was it like being the father of Christian when Christian was being recruited by Nick Saban? What sort of magic did Nick Saban have when he was recruiting your son? Yeah, the first question, I probably can't tell these stories <laughs> on, on the radio about LT. I mean, there were some, some crazy uh, ones, but I, I do remember uh, one game we were playing. It was a, a night game, and uh, – we have you know, got to the stadium. This is the time where we could stay at home instead of going to the hotel the night before the game. And, and uh, we get to the stadium. We get dressed. We go out to warm up, pat and goals, and all that good stuff that we would do. There's no LT. And coaches ask him, have anybody talked to him? Have anybody seen him? No, nobody's seen LT. So we come back uh, to the locker room. And uh, right before we get ready to go back out, we're circling up and doing the Lord's Prayer. And the two doors just boom! And there he is with his eyes just big and shiny. He's like, man, I just happened to be driving by Route 3 and saw the lights on at the stadium and realized we had a gate. And so he gets dressed. He gets dressed and, um, you know, he goes out there and I believe he gets like two sacks. <laughs> so that's probably the, the cleanest story I can tell about LT, but I got a lot of them. I can promise you that. I'm, I'm actually told a couple of those uh, in the book that they did about him. Um but as far as being uh, Christian's father and, and the recruiting, it was it was crazy. You know, Christian did a lot of the the little work uh, himself. You know, he go to these these uh, high school uh, uh, tryout type deals and and competitions and do measurables, and he did a lot of the legwork just to get his name out there himself. But but man, when he played at Spring Valley High School in Columbia, he started lighting it up and uh, sacking the quarterback, and he was doing all those things. He was unblockable and. You know, getting letters. I think some some days you get twenty, twenty two letters in the mail and uh, you know, being that I played and knew so many people, they were calling and this and that and the third, but but it was great. He handled the recruiting process better than anybody and uh, Chris Rump, who was a, a teammate of mine, was a freshman when I was a senior here at South Carolina, uh, reached out and said they were gonna start recruiting him and uh Christian was committed to Florida at the time and uh, then Kirby got involved and then of course Coach Saban you're coming here and his his mom made a nice you know, Christian part Italian, 
nice little pasta dish for coach and sitting to live. It was just, it was kind of surreal. I mean, this, all this is happening. Uh, but, but it was great because he handled it well. He didn't get caught up in it like a lot of these kids. And, you know, Christian didn't want to do the hat thing. He didn't want all the attention. He didn't like all the interviews, people calling. Uh, and I'm afraid I said, man, you got to talk to some folks, you know, talk to some of these, you know, these website guys, this and that. And he, he didn't like all the attention. He just wanted to do his work, but it was really great. And I mentor kids now who are getting recruited. That's one of the things I tell them. I share Christian's story, um, how, how he handled this stuff. He didn't need all that, that attention. He, he had a goal in mind. He knew what he wanted to do. Uh, and, and of course, when we went, came down to Alabama, it was actually the Texas A&M game. I remember it when they lost to Johnny Manziel. I know you guys remember that game. Uh, that's the game we were at. But um, uh, I just love what Coach Saban said. He brought me in the office. We talked football. He talked Bill Belichick and that defense and how they were going to use him. And Christian was fine, you know, knowing that he wasn't going to play right away. And I think that's the best thing that has that really happened to him, to sit back and grow, lift, wait, learn. And, and he became a captain. He became a, a starter. He became one of the, I think, defensive player of the year for, for the Tide. I mean, when people said that he wouldn't. So yeah, it was great being his father. I'm blessed to be his dad and proud of him and, and, and what he's accomplished and what he's doing now. Just an excellent student athlete. And I think he's a great role model for others to look at. No question. And you are on cue. You know the business. We've got a hard break at the top. Thank you so much. It's been an Thank absolute so blast. Boy. Thank you, sir. Well, guys, I'll listen to you. Best of luck with everything, and, and I'll come to the studio when I'm down in T-Town. Roll Tide! Let's take care of them, uh, them little war eagles down the street. Let's go, baby! Let's go! season for Nike. And right now, Famous Footwear has you covered with up to 25% off select Nike for a limited time. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Tim Brando has just suddenly said, okay, I can always take a few minutes for these guys. Timmy, it's Matt and Lars. You know Christian Miller, number 47. How's life? Oh, oh yeah. What was that little Alan Parsons project you brought me in with? What was that? <laughs> How are you? Everybody's great. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you guys. All right, Tim. Uh, last weekend was a little bit crazy in college football. We almost had massive chaos with a bunch of top-ranked teams getting upset. Uh, most of them prevailed. Uh, what is your your view from 30,000 feet on where we are right now uh, with the college football playoffs and, and who you think is going to get in and, and really who's the team to beat? Well, Lars, as I've said many times, the margin between the top-tier teams and the so-called second-tier teams is simply not as wide as a lot of people would have you believe. And I think last week was proof of that. Uh, 
uh, you know, the, the Michigan uh, escape against Illinois was extraordinarily fortunate. And, yeah, it was a classic uh, sandwich game situation for them, but that's part of college football. And Illinois is really good. Chase Brown is a great back uh, and a back that will play on Sunday. And, you know, were it not for a, a couple of breaks, really, uh, the Wolverines would have dropped that game. Now, how that might have affected this week's Ohio State-Michigan game, a lot. You know, no doubt about it. Uh, no one should have been surprised that Baylor pushed TCU at all. The game was in Waco. Baylor's good. That was a team in preseason that I had really kind of doing what TCU is doing. I had Baylor preseason um, just outside, you know, the, the top four. And I thought they would be the, the, the party crasher this year. It turns out it's TCU, not Baylor. But, you know, what Duggan did last week in leading his team back uh, is, again, so, so far overlooked by comparison to Caleb Williams and, and what, what he did with USC. Now suddenly he's the, um, he's the Heisman front runner. And look, <laughs> this week against Notre Dame, it, you know, he could suddenly lose that title of being the Heisman front runner. Um, you know, and as for Georgia, I, I still don't believe that they're playing their best. Uh, but they may be, they may well be, uh, on cruise control because of their record, and regardless of what happens in the SEC title game, uh, likely to still get in. The Tennessee loss, uh, probably the most shocking, I think, because of the 63 points given up. But um, listen, we got a lot of balance in college football. Just I'll throw this out again, Lars. Yeah, I know Michigan-Ohio State is considered an elimination game, but it may not be if it's very close. Who's to say Michigan couldn't get in, even if they lost, you know, on a game-ending field goal? Um, but the reality is, when we had 12 teams in this thing instead of four, imagine how much more we'll have to pay attention to more college football than just a handful of games this time in the future. So um, I think uh, it, it bodes well for expansion, and, and this is a great year to have expansion because there's so much balance at the top. Hey, Tim, uh, I'm not sure how much you saw last night, but there was a lot of buzz on Twitter regarding Lane Kiffin uh, taking the job at Auburn, and it would probably be announced Friday, um, it was said. Um, but that was then responded by Lane and uh, others basically shot, shooting that down and, and saying it was um, ridiculous, and he actually was poking a lot of fun at it. Um, if you saw that, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? And do you, do you believe at this point after his response that there still is a possibility that he may in fact be the next head coach at Auburn? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, plausible deniability is what all coaches want. And that's why you hire Jimmy mm. Sexton. Okay? <laughs> you, know, you have plausible deniability until such time as the season's over and you don't have to worry about the egg bowl. Um, look, um, I don't presume to, to have any inside information here, uh, but I will, I will tell you that if, if he takes that job, uh, at Auburn, there will be, you know, he will lose a lot of credibility with a lot of people. And, you know, to some extent, I think Sexton is, uh, you know, the maestro of this. It's sort of an SEC three ring circus he's running, you know, and he's, uh, he's, he's pulling all the strings. Um, 
You know, that's just the that's just the way it works in college football. There is no graceful exit. If you think there is, uh, check with Brian Kelly. Okay. <laughs> You're going to get tarred and feathered no matter what you do. Um, I don't think it's a particularly smart move on Lane's part. I mean, I really don't. Uh, the, the the notion that um, the uh, you know the, the the pockets are are deeper and the chances are stronger that you can win national championships at Auburn uh, rather than Ole Miss. I think that's outdated. I think that may have been true ten to fifteen years ago. I don't think it's true any longer um, because look the. the, the the sport is what it is. He's taken Ole Miss. He's a you know, he's a really good coach. Blaine's a really good coach. He's a um, a different personality, unique to say the least. But um, I, I think you can win a national championship almost anywhere in this day and time. Uh, particularly when I say almost anywhere, I mean in the SEC. I mean that's a that's a that's a program that's got all the uh, amenities that are necessary. Uh, he may think that the NIL money is greater at Auburn, and it, and it is. No question. But NIL money was available to Jimbo Fisher. How'd that turn out? Mm. Uh, you know, you can turn it upside down in a heartbeat. If, you, if you're if you counting on the NIL to be the difference in you getting the players that are going to win you a national championship, then I think you've lost sight of the program. Okay? Uh, he's admitted that he runs his program like an NFL franchise, which, by the way, he got that. Uh, from from Nick Saban, Nick Nick runs his program like it's an NFL franchise. It's an organization, okay. Uh, so he's learned, and he pieced together through the portal a really quality team in a short span of time. Uh, one that was obviously better than A and M's, but I think this is a dangerous place for him to be from a media perspective in dealing with eighteen to twenty two year old kids before you go into a rivalry game. All right, As a lot of the old Miss people, I'm sure are already uh, in contact with whoever their next option will be. I mean, uh, Sexton is playing them, so they have to play Jimmy Sexton. Okay, they, they're going to play him back. And I think that that's already going on, and it's, it's unfortunate. It, it really is. Um, Auburn knows who they want. If, if it is going to be Lane and Lane only, go get you some. But if it's not, now what do you do? Uh, we'll see. Tim Brando from Fox Sports is our guest. Uh, Tim, question, but first of all, will you fill us in on where you're going to be this weekend, what games you're doing, and then my follow-up to that after you complete that information. Um, if not Kiffin, who else? And has Carnell got a shot? Yeah, you know, I would like to think that he does, but I don't believe that he does. Uh, not based on you know what I'm what 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 I'm hearing, uh, Matt. I think that this notion that that Carnell has put himself out there and you know should be able to get another opportunity someplace else is just Auburn's way of you know letting everybody know that you know they love Carnell and his legacy too, but he's not quote unquote prepared to coach at this level. Uh, because Nick Saban's in the same state. I mean, that's, that's, that's why you're seeing this play out in the media the way that it is. I, I think he would be a, a hell of a choice. Uh, you talk about family all the time. Who's more family than him? His energy's been great. 
his decision making, I think, under the gun has been outstanding. Uh, you know, the answer to your question is always going to be freeze. But freeze is likely just a smoke screen to try to leverage Kiffin. Uh, you know, that's, that's why that's being thrown out there. Um, the only person that knows who the Auburn head coach is really going to be is, let's face it, Jimmy Rain, Mr. Yellowwood. He's the only one that knows. <laughs> and, that, and that decision will be made, uh, and, and everybody will have to, to live with it. But I think Carnell, to your point, Matt, has been, gosh, he's the big winner in all this. Auburn is a circus, okay? It always has been a circus when it comes to coaching uh, decisions that are made. Uh, and if and if Lane doesn't take this job, they will go probably into panic mode, and they will bring in someone that you know they feel like they have to have for credibility's sake. And in three years, they'll be assassinating his personality. So that's just Auburn, the way it's always been, and the way it always will be in all likelihood. Tim, do you think Deion Sanders ends up at an elite job uh, before it's all said and done? Could be an Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah. I mean, put put that in your put that in your peace pipe and smoke on it, Auburn. Uh, you get Kiffin. <laughs> I think uh, I think think Ole Miss might go for Dion. I, I really do. Why not? He's in your own state. He's he's absolutely kicking it. Uh, imagine the imagery and what that could do uh, historically in college football if Ole Miss were to take that. Uh, that move, I've uh, I've spoken to a number of people uh, that have indicated to me that um, that they're prepared. That Ole Miss is ready. If Lane Kiffin walks, Ole Miss is ready. Tim, if you had to, to take your pick today on who would be playing in the college football playoff national championship, who would it be based on what you've seen so far this season? You guys keep going after me to get those four teams, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, we're we're going to pin you down here. Second, this is your second attempt. Well, I, you know, I picked Ohio State to win it all <laughs> at the beginning of the year. I, I believe they're the most talented team uh, up and down their roster. Here's the catch, okay? Michigan, I dropped them this week to number four after their performance against Illinois because I thought they were really fortunate to win. I moved TCU up, TCU up because they've had two great road wins back-to-back in games that most pundits had them losing. The Texas game, you know, in Austin, in primetime, everyone anticipated that they'd get knocked off. They didn't. And then, of course, the situation with Baylor, which you knew going in was going to be a root canal for them, and they do it again. So I, I thought TCU had earned the right to move up a spot. Uh, I don't think because of the brand name that that will happen to Michigan. I don't think TCU will leapfrog them uh, in in tonight's standings show when they come out with that little dog and pony uh, conversation between Reese Davis and Boo Corrigan. But um, my my four teams right now uh, would be Ohio State. Uh, TCU uh, is a team that I think is going to be there. I think they'll probably be in the four hole. Uh, and, and Georgia as, as the third. And then there's a potential wild card situation with the fourth. If USC can win out, uh, then I think they could overtake uh, Michigan if they lose a close game. 
the same is true if, if LSU were to do the unthinkable and, and went out. Now, I don't think they're going to beat Georgia, but what if they do? You know, what if they do? So they're in the mix, too. But I think ultimately the game everyone wants to see is, is, is likely the game they will see, and that's Ohio State and Georgia. And, and uh, in that game, I would take Ohio State, provided they're healthy. Uh, they got to get those receivers healthy, and they got to get at least Myron Williams, or they got to get um, uh, the other outstanding back who's just been through the roof good, healthy. Uh, and that's been the problem. If not, Georgia could repeat. But those are the two teams I think will probably play, and uh, I'll reserve the right to pick the game when it happens. But at the beginning of the year, I, I like Ohio State, so I'm going to stay with them for right now. Win it all. Tim, as always, we appreciate your time. We hope to get you on next week so we can ask you who your top four are again. <laughs> oh, I meant to tell you, yeah, I meant to tell you where I'm going to be. I've actually got a pretty important yes, game yes. Saturday night in uh, in Manhattan, Kansas. K State uh, plays for the right to play in a rematch against TCU. And if you guys recall, it was about five weeks ago that uh, Spencer and I had the TCU Kansas State game that got uh, TCU to six and zero. It was right after they had the comeback win against Oklahoma State. And they've been on a roll ever since. So, you know, Kansas State would love to have a rematch opportunity, and they'll get that if they take out their 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 rival in state in the Sunflower Showdown, Kansas and Kansas State. It's been a long time since these two teams both came in with winning records, much less with an opportunity for one team to play for a championship. So, it's a, it's an important game, no doubt about it. And I think I will have maybe just one layer of clothes on as opposed to six layers that I had in Minnesota last week. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Tim. I think you you may have to uh, bundle up. I assume you're flying into KCI, then driving over to uh, the Little Apple. Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. Travels. <laughs> yeah, I'll just put you're the, the best old... Uh, just tell the, I'll just tell the driver to put Sirius XM on, 70s on 7, or... Uh, those stacks of wax from the Classic Channel and we'll rock on with David Essex all the way from KCI to mini Manhattan. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Lars. David Essex. Where did you pull that one out? That is awesome. awesome Thanks, Tim. Stuff, Tim. Thank, Thank you, Tim. You got it. Bye-bye. I love having him on. Oh. You know, a lot of broadcasters kind of ride the fence all the time. Not Tim Brando. Not Tim Brando. Hey, you know what? He's so gracious with his time with us. Like, you know, I I, yeah, just, you... I just texted him and and uh, about get a text back. Hey, uh, can we do it earlier than uh, I asked him to go at one thirty? And uh, man, just great guy. Cancellation this weekend. I want to ask you guys about this on the other side of the break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Don't miss See Better Drive Safer Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts with great deals on wiper blades, headlight bulbs, and more. Right now, get up. Tonight, mostly fair with the low at 37. And tomorrow, the warming trend continues. The sky partially sunny, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Christian Miller. You guys probably saw this story and, and understand uh, the reasoning here. Virginia, Virginia Tech, they have canceled their game in the wake of the shooting. Um, and I, I think it's it's easier to do when the teams are three and seven, one and six, three and eight, and one and six in league play. I've always felt, and I may be way down on the minority list here. I've always thought that you played through that for the betterment of all because it just kind of takes your mind off of it and it makes you feel better. Am I wrong, Mark? Oh, this is a tough question. I, I do believe well, I in yeah, <laughs> I do believe in the power of sports to bring people together from totally different backgrounds, uh, be it socioeconomic, racial, uh, and it it, uh, it 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 galvanizes you into one. And there can be, I think, sports can offer a sort of therapeutic distraction. And I wrote about this at length after the Tuscaloosa tornado and, and all the tornadoes of, of 2011 that ravaged our state. Um, and uh, it, it made certainly Alabama feel like they're playing for a higher cause. And, you know, it, it, what I don't like is when people and coaches or players say, well, you know, so-and-so who passed away would want us to play. Ah, I, I don't know about that. You know, um, I I think that um, that again, going back to uh, when Alabama played their first game in 2011, and I believe it was Kent State. Uh, I I could be wrong on that, but that was the first mass public gathering post tornado. And I've talked to Walt Maddox about this, the, the mayor of Tuscaloosa. I talked to Coach Saban about this. I talked to several of the players who were there. And it was such just a sort of relieving feeling that everyone had. It's like, okay, there's something normal back in our lives. And, uh, and it's like, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. And uh, it was one of the most emotional games you know, for what was just a you know a, a runaway victory for Alabama, one of the, one of the most emotional games that uh, I, I'd ever sort of been a part of, ever ever witnessed and ever written about. But I certainly can understand the other side of the argument here that uh, you know uh, lo- losing those players uh, uh, to a, a mass shooting uh, is horrifying, horrible. And, um, and you know, everybody grieves in different ways. And I, I, Christian, I, I don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong answer. But I think you also have to remember in the context here, Virginia Tech is still dealing with emotional scars from 2007 when there was a, a shooting massacre on their campus that left 33 dead. And, and so, you know... I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, Matt, I, I, I see both sides of, of the argument. Christian, your, your thoughts? No, I think you're exactly right, and I think it's one of those things that would need to be decided on a situational basis. I mean, I think most importantly, you know, you check in with all the players and coaches um, to gauge where they are mentally and uh, see if they would be prepared or what their thoughts would be on the situation. I mean, most importantly, I also think you need to let everybody have the appropriate time to grieve. 
um, these losses. I mean, you, you said it best. I mean, this is a horrific, devastating situation um, that occurred. And um, as an athlete, you know, I can only imagine, I mean, to, to be in a situation where something like that would uh, take place with, um, you know, on, on our campus with our, my own teammates. I mean, it would just be horrifying. And uh, personally, I, I think it would be extremely difficult um, to go out there and play um, within a couple of weeks um, of the situation. Um, but again, everybody is different. I'm sure some probably would view it as a, a good way to go out there and honor um, their teammates and uh, play for their legacy. Um, but again, just overall, just just a horrific situation, devastating situation. Just so many thoughts and prayers go out to all those communities involved and the families and the loved ones of, of those individuals. Um but, you know, and also also I feel for the seniors, you know, who have to go out on that note um, of having their season pretty much cut short um, due to such a tragic event. Um, it's just just overall just terrible. And uh, I, I think at this point it probably is the right call to go ahead and cancel the game. Um, obviously, they probably checked in with some people and felt it was best to go ahead and cancel it. Um, so as, as difficult as it was, I, I think it, it honestly probably at this point was the best choice. My, my my sense, Matt, real quick, is that the Virginia players are really traumatized. Really traumatized. Three players and another one who's uh, just got out of the hospital, but yeah. multiple surgeries. Uh, I, I shot I just, by a teammate too. Yeah. I mean, that's just got to rip you. Former team, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I just think there's too much trauma. And uh, and you know, Virginia they canceled their game against Coastal Carolina last Saturday and. And I, I'm sure it was put to a, a, a vote, or at least there was a lot of input from players and coaches, and and uh, it's just uh, a very tough situation. It is indeed, and at the risk, and I'm trying not to, of sounding insensitive, it makes it easier to decide when there's no conference championship, there's no bowl I eligible. Yeah. So that's out there. Lindsey Hall from WTOK in Meridian, Mississippi, will be joining us on the other side of the break. So we can talk about what else. Only Lane Kiffin could upstage the Alabama-Auburn game. Or has he? We'll be right back. Big Noon Sports. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. The gift of Ancestry DNA is one that you never really finish unwrapping. With new surprises in store long after the holidays are over. Dad could discover that he probably... Welcome back, November 22nd. Mark it on your calendar. This is uh, kind of the official, unofficial beginning of Big Noon Sports. And we are going to get into detail after we talk with Lindsey Hall, longtime sportscaster in the state of Mississippi, Meridian. He is uh, currently with WTOK. Uh, at one time, he was um, with uh, 33 over in Tuscaloosa. He has a, a long history of covering the SEC, Alabama, and uh, the two teams in the SEC, and more in the state of Mississippi. Um, Lindsay, it's Matt. What's going on, man? Matt Coulter, man. Uh, how in the world are you doing, man? It's great to hear from you. 
You too, man, and it has been way too long. We need to meet over there at Pearl River yes, to has. see what happens. But we'll talk about that later. Lars Anderson, longtime writer, sports writer, is with us, as well as Christian Miller. You remember 47 off the edge from just a couple of years ago. But we called you to find out, because you know all. Lindsey Hall knows all. Is Kiffin <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. Auburn? Bring it. Million-dollar question. Million-dollar question, uh, man. Look, I told you earlier when we talked off the air today, I don't know if Lane Kiffin knows <laughs> right now. Uh, you know, it's uh, the uh, – uh, you know, I wish I had sound effects like that on my show, too. I've got to incorporate that. Uh, you know, I I really – I don't know. I wish I could say um, – the, the report got out last night from a reporter at WCBI. Of course, uh, Lane Kiffin did come back, and, and, and Kiffin is the master tweeter. I'm sure everybody's seen it. You know, he comes back and says uh, to, to the guy that he denied it, and he, he of course, said that he thinks uh, that this guy has accepted a job. He works at WCBI in Columbus, and uh, uh, Kiffin tweeted that this guy has accepted a job at WLOX on the coast, and he goes back and forth. So uh, Kiffin's great about doing that. But uh, I don't know, Matt, my, my gut feeling all along, it, it says no. I just, I, I don't know. My, my guess all along, and, and it's strictly a guess, has been uh, Hugh Freeze, but that, that, that's a guess. I think, I think, uh, I think Lane Kiffin likes it in Oxford. Uh, he's doing a great job. I mean, it looks like if he wins Friday, that's back-to-back. 10 win seasons, and that hadn't been done in Oxford, Mississippi in a long time. My gut says no, but I, I don't know any more than uh, anybody else, really. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> I mean, I th- but I, I think I'm in the minority now. I think I'm in the minority because I think most, most people think he's going to pull the trigger, but uh, Lane, Lane is uh, Lane's his own guy, and uh, you know he may announce he may do the Tommy Tuberville. You know I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm not going to leave Oxford unless I'm in a pine box. And the next day, he, he he's the coach at Auburn. <laughs> I, I I hate really talking about reporters here, but because this is it, it just blew up last night on Twitter. Uh, it, it is uh, John Sokoloff. Uh, a, a, a trusted reporter there in Columbus, Mississippi, and he's the one who obviously put it out there that that Lane is reporting as he reported as breaking news that Lane plan, plans to step down as the Rebels' coach on Friday and uh, head to Auburn to become the Tigers' next head coach. Here, who uh, I was you know, sports at WTOK for a, a long time, and we had Michael Rubenstein in Jackson for a long time, and Will Colmeyer at WTVA in Tupelo for a long time. We had five or six of us that were stations for a long time. I don't know him. Ooh. Columbus is more in the story. Hey, Lindsey, stand on one leg with – Okay, I'm uh, sorry. You're, break, you're breaking will. up. Stand on one leg with your arm in the air. <laughs> okay, I got you. I'm showing three bars. How's, how's that? There we go. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. If you Is could just sort of repeat okay. what I've you got, just said. I've, yes. Okay. Yes, much better. Uh, I th- okay, I think, um, you know, uh, I don't know, John, uh, personally. Um, I, Columbus is in a market that's right next to Startwell. I think that's why Lane was maybe taking some pot shots because that is a Startwell market. And um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where he got it. Uh, he certainly didn't talk to Lane. 
Uh, he's not he's not said who who he talked to. Uh, there's been certainly no no new developments at all. So um, we'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, uh, Lindsay, what is it uh, that you feel that Lane brings to Oxford, and how would you assess the job that he's done there so far for the Rebels, and and do you think he's capable of bringing a national championship back to the Ole Miss Rebels? Well, national national championship, mm, I don't know. I mean, that's that's hard to win anywhere, but, I mean, what he's done at Ole Miss, guys, I mean, back-to-back 10-win seasons, um, he was on the, you know, on the verge of, you know, just two weeks ago, they were in the playoff hunt, you know, ranked number seven in the country. And, uh, you know, they were talked about possible SEC champs and national championship hunt. You know, Ole Miss has not been to Atlanta, the only team in the West that has not been to Atlanta. They haven't won a national championship since the early, what, 60s. You've got to go back to John Vault. So uh, what he's done at Ole Miss is really, I mean, hasn't been done in, what, Matt, 50 years more, 60 years, I guess. And uh, so the guys. Why are you asking me? I mean, yeah, because you, because you and I, you and I are of the same, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, look, we don't, we don't remember that, Matt. I mean, since, since Ole Miss was relevant on the national stage, that's what Lane Kiffin's done. Look, uh, they, they are, they're about to have a 10 win season and Ole Miss fans are, are disappointed. I mean, normally Ole Miss goes seven and five. They're happy. Eight wins. They're ecstatic. They're about to have a 10 win season, I believe. Uh, now they may not win the Egg Bowl, but even nine wins, 10 wins last year, nine or 10 this year. And this year it's going to be a disappointing season. Um, hey, Lindsay, as we roll out, first of all, our best to your mama. And secondly, oh, have you, a thank, great Thanksgiving. And um, give me an Egg Bowl and an Alabama-Auburn prediction, and we'll let you get back to your business there. Oh, boy, they're close. Uh, first of all, I, I do want to say, for, Matt, awesome to hear from you. Uh, you know what I think about you. I've known, look, I've known Matt for 40 years, so I'm going to kind of divulge our age. I go back to the Channel 13 days with him and uh, Greg Screws and Tom Roberts and Ken Lass and Glenn Munch, and so... Uh, I love you, man, for one. Lindsay, let's put uh, it this way. Uh, real quickly, let's put it this way. Whoever dies first, uh, the other one's got one hell of a book. All right. Well, now, back I know, to the game. And, uh, okay. Uh, boy. Uh, bounce back. I really do. I'm a, I'm a state guy over here. Both of my kids graduated from there. My Yikes. They bounce back at home. State has been a terrible road team, terrible road team. So I think Ole Miss wins it. And I think the Iron Bowl's close. I mean, I've seen nothing from Alabama. I can't believe the line's 21. I've seen nothing from an Alabama team. Well, let me wrap up. WTOK's Lindsey Hall. Have you guys had some good times together on the road? Oh, El Paso. Wow, the Sun Bowl in the 80s. Uh, you know, unbelievable stuff. So many people have come up to me over the years and said, you got to write my book. you got to write my book. You know what, Matt Coulter? What? I want to write your book. I as long as you, you come too. clean on all of the debauchery. I don't want to lose any friends here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let, 
Let's talk. All right, when we get back, Lars uh, Christian and myself, Matt Coulter, are going to give you the inside and the upside of uh, what this show is moving towards and, and for the most part, already is. Uh, it's kind of cool stuff we got going on, and we will do that on the other side of this break on Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Each Each week, D.C. and Matt Coulter will go deep behind enemy lines on Saturdays during the Tide Tailgate Show on 95.3 The Bear. Tonight, mostly fair with the low at 37. And tomorrow, the warming trend continues. The sky partially sunny, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports here on our network. We originate in two places, actually. Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa and then Crawford Broadcasting. 95 92.5 FM and 12.60 AM. That is the heritage. That's the original WYDE. Then, as I mentioned, Tuscaloosa, 100.9 Tide. And then Aniston Gadsden over in that area. You can listen on 97. Point five, Lars. What is Big Noon Sports all about? We are going to try to obviously cover Alabama as uh, as in depth as possible, but we're going to widen our lens a little bit, and uh, we want to uh, spend more time talking about Auburn. We want to spend more time talking about uh, NFL. Uh, we want to spend more time just talking about the issues of the day. And then also, uh, at least once a week, I want to try to do a, a, a deep dive into a subject. Um, and perhaps next week, and, and it's almost like I want to take my writing and, and, and sort of write a almost like a, a, a profile uh, and then we can analyze sort of the, a particular subject. And, and next week, I, I've been thinking about focusing on Derrick Henry and what is Derrick, uh, what's, what's Derrick's real backstory and, and Christian knows him so well and we'll be able to pull so much knowledge out of Christian. I mean, I, I sometimes I think Christian, uh, it's almost like you don't know what you know. <laughs> <laughs> because you know so much, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so and, and Christian is just he, he absolutely going to be a fundamental pillar of this show, and uh, we want to uh, we're going to be taking callers. Um, we want to uh, be as engaged as possible with our audience. Uh, we're going to have a an elite website. We're going to have a good app. Uh, we're we're going to have m- multiple platforms in which you can uh, listen to us, which you can communicate with us, and uh, I, I just couldn't be more excited. You know, as a longtime uh, writer, author, I never believed that I would enjoy radio as much as I do, but I I absolutely love it, and so that that's kind of the vision that I have for the show. Uh, Christian, just tell us, what, what do you want to 
uh, what do you what do you want to give to our listeners uh, moving forward? Yeah, you know, I just I enjoy coming on here with you guys and being able to just talk sports and uh, most importantly offer you know an analysis from a player's perspective. And I look forward to engaging with our audience when we start taking in some callers um, frequently and you know just try to give an uh, an, an extensive breakdown on, on matchups or players and and um, I think a really cool feature like you mentioned is that I can kind of. I'll give some backstories on some guys or, or, or some stories and, uh, and some situations that um, I've experienced while playing. And uh, I think it'd just be really cool for everybody listening to uh, kind of hear those things and hear that side of things that they might not generally hear um, from from other uh, platforms that, that I might be able to offer. And uh, obviously, you know, Matt and yourself, y'all have so much knowledge um, on all different sports. And uh, I think it's really cool how everything everything just comes together so well. And I think it just flows really seamlessly on here. And uh, I'm really looking forward to what we have in store. Hey, these shows don't just create and make themselves. I'm going to put it right out there. Advertisers are welcome. Get in touch with us on Twitter. Get in touch with the folks at Tide in Tuscaloosa. And just, we'll call you back. I, let me tell you, if you're calling about advertising, you may hear from me the minute you you, <laughs> you phone in with that message. The other thing is that... Um, we need to explain the situation with Jay. Jay will continue to be a part of the show. Absolutely. Uh, we will call on him for his expertise many, many, many times. And I think and, and Jay will come in and be in studio with us, uh, as will Antonio Langham, as will Trent Richardson. Uh, and and uh, we're going to lean on Christian's contacts, just like you know we had uh, Bo Scarborough on the phone the other day. Hopefully Bo can kind of be a, a, a regular and, um, you know, to the, the Tim Brandos of the world. Uh, yesterday, uh, Jeff Perlman, you know, a friend of mine from Sports Illustrated. And, uh, you know, combined, Matt and I have been in the business for a long time. And we have a lot of, uh, a lot of contacts in our phone. And we really want to make this the most uh, enjoyable show to listen to, but also the most informative and uh, and I think we're on that way. I think we're on the way, guys. I really do. And I, I feel good about the momentum we have and and uh, just so excited about all of uh, our affiliates and how everyone is, is very excited about what we have going on. And uh, just um, we're just going to keep grinding away. I'm going to name drop, steal a quick quote. When I was fortunate enough to be on the road with Ken Staber, Here's what he would say before the broadcast. Men, let's go have some fun. We're also going to have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. There'll, there'll be tons of, uh, you know, really good subjects and interviews and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, every once in a while, we're going to have to talk about uh, Lars Anderson in his kitchen doing prints. Doing an <laughs> imitation of prints. Oh, I guess man. I should... <laughs> put it that way. So. Uh, yeah, that uh, that's something that we're not going to do. No, nah, that's is, Lindsay uh, Hall material right yeah, there. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was a late night dance to, uh, what was it, uh, what song was uh, it? It was uh, your favorite Prince song. Yeah. I remember you just sliding across the floor going, this is my favorite part. Yeah, so. yeah. Anyway, Christian, yeah. Uh, one day soon. <laughs> We'll all get together, and uh, you can witness that in person. All right? That'd be great. <laughs> Sounds good. You probably want to. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, and another thing that we are going to try to do is we're going to bring uh, uh, guests in studio 
and really sort of dig into their life and times. We're going to bring in James Spann. We're going to bring in, hopefully, uh, the mayor, uh, Randall Woodfin uh, of Birmingham. We're going to bring in just uh, uh, Taylor Hicks. We're going to bring in just people, again, that, that we all have sort of uh, been been friendly with for a long time, but really get sort of their story. And uh, I, I'm so focused on story, 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 and, and people's background. And and uh, it was so great, Christian, having your dad on today. I'd almost love to have your dad be yeah, a great right guest, man. Your, your dad is sure. so good. But, um, yeah, so I, I just I, I want to almost uh, make this in, in some episodes or some two-hour shows that we have almost into like a, a podcast where we really just talk maybe about one issue with one person or or just get a person and, and dig into what their uh, motivations are, what their dreams are, what their hopes are, what their biggest obstacles have been, what they've overcome in their career. And and uh, there's just so many ways that, that we can go. And, and I love that we have sort of a, a blank canvas and it's up to us to put the brush strokes on it. Hey, guys, we got about a minute left, and because you can't take the Friday off before the alabama Auburn game, I mean, you can't, okay? No. Uh, the way we've worked it, we're going to pair up with Wednesday and Thursday. So quickly, Lars, where are you going to have your Thanksgiving? Who will be there? And give me your favorite side, and then we got to do Christian and then get out of here. Uh, real quick, uh, I have my kids. I'm flying solo, single dad, and um, I am a little horrified. <laughs> I'm doing all the cooking. Uh, I'm actually going to the grocery store right after the show to uh, begin preparation. And uh, I, I can't wait, though. This is the first time uh, it's been just me and my kids, uh, my little kids, uh, Twin Girls 5, Lincoln 7. Uh, we're going to create our own tradition. Uh, Favorite side. Real quick. Favorite side is uh, stuffing. Uh, me too. I'm, I'm all over it. All right, Christian, we got 45 seconds, so... Uh... Where are you going to do the uh, Thanksgiving deal, and what's your favorite uh, side dish? I'm going to be here at home uh, with my family doing Thanksgiving, and uh, I, lo- I love me some good turkey and ham, but uh, my favorite side dish is definitely that sweet potato casserole. Got to have it. Uh, you're a southerner. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> definitely. How about South. you, Matt? Real quick. Oh, uh, I'm going to three different places. Everybody's family. I will visit them sometime tomorrow, and I am addressing with the gravy all the way, baby. Nice. Have a happy Thanksgiving, Lauren. Big noon sports. Big noon sports. Happy Thanksgiving there, Christian. And yes, sir. everybody happy else. Thank you. When choosing a wireless provider, you're forced to compromise. But what if you didn't have to? What if you could get reliable service without a contract and save money? Introducing Total by